everyone and welcome to season two episode 37 of the big at the bat podcast we're almost there guys my name's tom i'm joined by matt matt how are you not too bad thanks a little bit tired bank holiday weekends catching up with me um quite a few beers have been consumed so my body is recovering so if i fall asleep halfway through the podcast it's not just because you're boring um i have i've been paying the toll this weekend how are you I'm good. I mean, if you fall asleep halfway through the podcast, the FBL quality content will only go up. I can't. I can't even argue with that, annoyingly. I mean, yeah, I'm good. I've had a very quiet bank holiday weekend, just in recovery mode from a recent injury. So looking to being up and running and fit and nimble again. Um, But managed to sit down and watch loads and loads of football because we are halfway through a double game week. We both used our bench boost. Let's go through them. Matt, how have you been getting on? Not too bad, but the minus 12 uh, obviously dents into it quite a bit. So currently sat on 57 points, which is actually 45 in reality. Double Brighton defence paying off with Steele and Dunk picking up six points each. Uh, Trippier and Akanji with a pair of twos. Salah and Rashford with my midfield returns, um, seven and six respectively. Um, and then up front, Isaac and Haaland carrying me through as well. Um, I had a Brighton striker, the only one that didn't get any points this week. Um, but we'll see what happens in their next game because it feels like they're in a bit of a rest of, uh, sort of chop and change and rotation. So we'll see if he's back fit. Um, me, on, me is my only player that's actually played from my bench so far with two points. Um, so I've still got 12 players to play. Hopefully I can make up some ground with them. How is, um, I think it's going to be a little bit better for you, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better. So I took a minus four, uh, but so far I'm on 75 points. So 75 minus four is 71 as well. Like you, I've still got 12 players to play. Uh, my biggest standouts have been Estupignon with nine. Then I've got Salah and Rashford with six and seven in the middle. Uh, all of my forwards returning, so Isak, Haaland and Antonio uh, returning. Antonio seems to have paid off, brought him in for two games and he's got two returns and he's still got City to play. Even if he gets nothing against them, that's fine. Then on my bench, uh, Diogo Dallo getting nine points was a very pleasant surprise. I knew he tended to rack up bonus points, but actually seeing them come in was very nice. Uh Obviously, Matoma and McAllister only getting one point, both coming off the bench each in a 6-0 win. Annoying, but Brighton seems to be in a huge rotation. Sonic March only got one as well, and everyone seems to have two of the three. So overall, I don't think it hurt me too badly. But yes, yeah, still lots to play for. Oh, and of course, Harlan captain, but everyone on the planet has Harlan captain at the moment, so that's kind of irrelevant right now. Yeah, over 200% effective ownership for Haaland this week. So he's actually doing us a disservice by returning, I think. we need yeah. in, in theory, we need him to blank, but I don't like playing FPL like that. It's not as fun, is it? No, I mean, it could hurt me in some mini leagues, but I'd rather see my captain scoring goals and scoring points, um, especially if Grealish has pull his finger out and start actually getting some returns. That would be nice to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, I feel like it's your fault that he's not... You, you were the one that was picking him up. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one that's probably guaranteed to start uh, from the City lineup. But still, loads and loads of time to go, loads to play for. 
So looking forward to seeing what the rest of my team can do over this double game week. Um, you know what's going to happen tonight, don't you? You're going to get a big James Madison haul and you've took him out this week. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that could bother me, James Madison hauling is not one of them. What would be annoying is if Everson doesn't keep a clean sheet. Uh, well, yeah. Everton is so bad going forward. They can't score goals. I want Everson to get at least seven points today. But Leicester are also very bad defensively. I know. Law of averages, you give away enough chances, they're going to take one. Well, it'll be an own goal or something, won't it? Just to really yeah. make it even worse. Or it will be... About face, own goal. No, it'll be a Dwight McNeil, like, tapping. Uh, or some scrappy, yeah. Alex Thunderbolt from 40 yards. Like, I tell so, you, it won't be Neil Mope because he it, only scores it, against West Ham. That's, that's a fair point, he does. Um, but yeah, you talked me into the Antonio pick a few podcasts ago, so thank you very much for that. I'm really glad to see you followed your own advice and got him in as well. Yep, exactly. Paid off beautifully. <laughs> It is, and I'm very grateful for you. Thank you very much, Matthew. Um, still loads of games to go, so we're going to speak about what's happened so far. We'll touch on some of the games that have happened. Teams that we want to target, as in teams we want to, our players to be playing against over the next few weeks or so. Looking at teams that are on the beach, teams that are fighting for their lives, and what our initial thoughts are moving forward into this last few games on the FPL season. You said something before we jumped on air, so why don't we start there about Newcastle and the option of having double Newcastle striker with Isak and Wilson. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be the case at the moment that they're both getting quite a bit in terms of, in terms of game time. They've got a double coming up as well, which is quite a decent double of Leeds and Brighton. Uh, so it's not the best. I'd say Brighton's a fairly tough fixture, but the way Newcastle are playing at the moment, both of them are getting minutes and both of them are getting returns. So is it worth investing in both Wilson and Isak? Um, I would argue it probably is. I would as well. And especially for that Leeds game, I think they could score a hat for in that match, the way Leeds are defending at the moment. So I am probably, well, there's a good chance I will. It depends whether I want to drop Antonio or drop a midfielder, but there's a very, very good chance I will be doubled up on the Newcastle strike force going into that double. Um, Brighton is a tough match, but I also, considering Newcastle have a get double game week in game week 36, I'm not sure where else you could go because everyone's got Trippier. We've already both got Isak. We're, I don't think many of their midfielders are going to be playing both games. Maybe Willock, perhaps, is the one that's nailed on, but even that... You've got quite a few players there. You've got Ulmeron, who's coming back from injury. You've got Murphy. You've got Alan St. Maximan. And you've got Willock. Four players for two positions. And it looks like Isak is, when Wilson's playing, Isak's moving left as well. So it's four players for one position, effectively. I'm not sure where else you could go with Newcastle. No, I think that's it, really, isn't it? I mean, you didn't mention Joe Linton as well. He's um, another one that has to slot in there somewhere. So, yeah, and like you say... The world and his wife's got Trippier. Um, the only some people might even still have Pope, so mm. you can only then fit one of them in. But I think it's a much more wise use of the investment to go with both strikers. That is working on the theory that they're both fit and firing by then still, because there is 
Uh, another game between now and then. So one of them could pick up a knock. I say one of them. It'll probably be um, Wilson, won't it? Because with his track record of injuries. Yeah, he scores when he's playing, but he's only playing about 40% of the time. Um, We will do a proper Game Week 35 overview a little bit later on. Um, But looking at the Newcastle fixtures moving forward, the next game is Arsenal at home, which... I think Arsenal have been conceding in pretty much every game, so I think you can definitely own a Newcastle striker for that. Then you've got the double of Leeds and Brighton. Then you've got Leicester at home and Chelsea away. Chelsea's a Reds on the fiction difficulty rating. That should be good. <laughs> that, if it wasn't for Thomas Tuchel's results, they would literally be in the relegation zone alongside Southampton. So I think you've got Newcastle, you're holding them for the rest of the season, right? Even if we're all pissed off at Trippier. Yeah, definitely. And the thing to remember is as well, like they're still fighting away for that uh, top four. You'd imagine that they probably have it sewn up fairly soon, just because what we got, what five games left, and they're yeah. currently nine points clear of Liverpool in fifth. So if they win a couple more, they've pretty much got that wrapped up. So they've still got lots to play for. If they don't say they don't get a win against Arsenal. And, New- and Liverpool um, pick up three points. That closes the gap a little bit. So they do need to go out there and put the performances still. They definitely can't afford to be on the beach. Oh, yeah, definitely not. And I think Newcastle do have everything to play for. I probably wouldn't be looking at them at the back, though. They seem to be conceding the occasional goal on a regular basis. And Trippier, just I think he's had one big return since game week 22. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think he's only had one or two since the World Cup. Um, and if you look at their previous fixtures, their last clean sheet was on the 2nd of April against Man United. Um, but but And then the one before that, you have to go back to the 21st of January when they played Crystal Palace. So two clean sheets in about four months of football uh, in the Premier League. So... Yeah, Trippier obviously gives you the, the dual threat with the attacking threat as well, but you're not banking on them for clean sheets now, which no. is a, 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 like the complete contrast to the first half of the season where the offensive record was so good. Yeah, um, I certainly think so. Looking at the more immediate uh, game week in front of us, though, game week 35, there are quite a few teams we could want to be investing in. The most notable is Manchester City because they're home to Leeds. Leeds, who look dreadful. You were saying there's a potential another management change on the horizon? Yeah, rumours are that Javi Gracia could be uh, not very long for this world. I don't see the point at the moment. (laughs) What's going to change now? Um, Who are you going to get in in that time that could possibly try and keep them up? They are Their best hope is that there's just three other teams that don't pick up any points. Mm. Um, that are all currently below them because it's just a real downward slide at the moment. Um, they've lost four of their last five and the other one was a draw. So they mm-hmm. are in deep trouble. Leeds' upcoming fixtures are Man City away, Newcastle at home, West Ham away and Tottenham at home. So if they don't pick up the, the three points against West Ham, I think it's we can probably assume they're going to go down. Because they're only one point ahead of Leicester, who are in the relegation zone at the moment, with a game in hand. And that game in hand is against Everton tonight. Yeah, I've just 
seen something very strange this weekend. Oh, the there flex. is a Saturday three o'clock kickoff is on Sky Sports, oh. presumably because it would clash with the coronation. Um, so oh. they haven't got an early game, but the, the, there's a three o'clock. The Man City Leeds game at three is on Sky Sports. Yeah, so it is. And then Liverpool Brentford at five thirty. I mean, I'm not a fan of the twelve thirty kickoffs, especially if Liverpool are in them. So I. And then strangely, that. on Sunday, there's a four thirty and a seven. Yeah, and then on Monday, there's a 5.30 as well, and a 3 o'clock. It's a very weird weekend of fixtures next weekend, isn't it? Yeah, bank holiday Monday, isn't it? So you get the 3 o'clock, and I think it's the last day of either League One or the Championship on bank holiday Monday, or maybe League Two as well. But they, they all finish this over the next weekend. So, yeah, there is a lot of football to go. Yeah, and then it seems to be very spread out game weeks up until, like the last weekend of the season, basically. So game week 38 is the favourite one where everyone kicks off at 4.30. Um, I am a little bit concerned about, well, a lot concerned about Leeds, but you've got some really, really interesting clashes coming up. So Nottingham Forest hosts Southampton. That could be a really, really, really important game in the context of the bottom of the table. Nottingham Forest only one point away from the relegation zone and Leicester and Everton playing each other tonight. Forest with a worse goal difference than both of them. Forest are probably going to be in the relegation zone by the time that game rolls around. Well, they're definitely going to be in the relegation zone. Yeah, they, they have to be. Um, purely because, it, yeah, if, if, both, if there's a draw tonight between Leicester and Everton, then Leicester will go above them on goal difference. <laughs> And if either team picks up the three points, that's enough to take them above them. So, yeah, they will be starting that game in the relegation zone. And like you say, that is a huge one for them. Um, Southampton will need three points to have any chance of survival. So it could be, it's one of those games, you could see it being quite open, but you could also be, see it being very cagey. Um, neither would surprise me. Another couple of games to keep an eye on and target is Aston Villa playing against Wolves. Wolves, who looked abject against Brighton. They looked terrible. And Aston Villa are going to be licking their lips with that fixture coming up. Ollie Watkins, are you moving things around to get him in? I'm not really, no. I just can't... I can't get the funds, really, without taking more hits. Um, so I think I just need to stick. And, I mean, let's be honest, Haaland and Isaac aren't coming out. Because why would they? And I'm not getting my boy Ferguson out after he came in and hasn't played yet. I'm not, I can't take him out without having played a game, can I? I'm wondering, you know, whether I should do another minus four, drop Antonio, bring in Watkins, and then I've I've got to take a midfielder out. In which case, but I can't take Grealish out against Leeds, can I? That's ridiculous. So I. I maybe I take Neto out and have Everson as my first choice goalkeeper for the rest of the season. You could do. I, is that really a big upgrade though? Oh no, that's a, probably not. And then Aston Villa's fixtures, you probably won't be that bothered about having him for the rest of the season because they've got Tottenham at home, Liverpool away, and Brighton at home. So it would just be for this Wolves game alone. Seems, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's worse options, I guess, but I just, I don't know. Is it very short sighted, maybe, for yeah, me? It is. 
Yeah, I, uh, it's an option. I won't look to probably do it. Um, Brighton, they've got one more game to play this week, but what a match against Wolves. They were exceptional. However, useless on FPL. Um, so we've all got Mitoma. Some of us have Sonny Mark. Some of us have McAllister. Some of us are crazy enough to have Ferguson. However, none of them got returned. The returns all went to Danny Welbeck. As someone who owns none of Matoma, McAllister and March, I thought it was a fantastic game of football and I cannot praise Roberto De Zerbi enough for being brave enough to make such whole-sweeping changes to his starting eleven. An absolute genius of a man. I mean, it looks like the one we should have been getting in was Pascal Gross or Dennis Undav. I mean, we were, we were picking up Dennis Undav at the very beginning of the season before anything had kicked off. So it's nice to see him getting some game time. He could be a really, really top quality player for them. But seeing Danny Welbeck scoring two goals, getting 61 on the BPS, no one had that on their bingo card. I mean, I thought this was going to be a really cagey game, but 6-0 is absolutely unbelievable. It does mean, though, that you're likely to see your Matomas, your March and McAllister all start in the next game. So looking forward to seeing if the rest of them can pull it out. Especially yeah, it will be, um, like, like you say, like this game, it's just so strange how it just completely, they came flying out of the blocks and blew them out of the water within the first sort of 20, 25 minutes. Um, and that's, I don't know, Lopetegui feels like the sort of coach that is fairly pragmatic. He's not exactly, they're not known for their beautiful sweeping attack in football, but they'll get caught out every now and then. Um, I mean, they've conceded 50 goals this season, which mm. is more than any team, uh, sorry, fewer than any team below them. But I don't know. It strikes like they, they are normally the sort of team like I'd always back a Wolves game to be under two and a half goals. Yeah, I agree. I think Wolves are very much on the beach now. They're, they've got enough points to not really worry about relegation. If 37 points is probably going to be enough to stay up. Yeah. So I think they're essentially on the beach and they don't really have to do much. Um, but you said something about a team coming firing out of the blocks and I feel like we have to speak <laughs> about the game of the weekend. What a match this was. It's just a perfect summary of both teams and where they are. Um and neither set of fans is going to be super excited. But there's been a lot spoken about Liverpool versus Spurs. Give me your thoughts as a neutral, then I'll go and rant. So, it was hilarious as someone who obviously has an intense dislike of Spurs. So, I can't really claim I'm a neutral from that point of view. Um, but... Um, I also don't have a lot of love for Liverpool, so I guess in that sense I am. Um, I have to say, I do find it hilarious how Richardson finally gets his first Premier League goal and it's against Liverpool, with all you've been saying about him for the entirety of the season. Um, but for him to score, get booked for taking his shirt off, then... We could talk about his tattoo on his back as well, where he's got like him and Ronaldo, which is just a whole nother level of insanity. 
But for them to then just go away and gift the ball to Jota, who goes through it and very calmly and coolly slots it into the bottom corner. Jurgen Klopp pulling his hamstring. Um, he's just... Everything about it was pure comedy gold. And I don't think it will be topped for a long, long time in the Premier League. I mean, very stressful. but And that's, that's just disregarding like the first 89 minutes of the game, which in themselves were ridiculous because like you blew them off the park and then as seems to be the case at the moment teams just blowing their leads like two or three goal leads and just throwing them away Mm. absolutely bonkers wasn't it um liverpool were sensational for about 16 17 minutes of that game and then after that, Robertson just decided to have his worst ever game in the Liverpool shirt. Van Dijk wasn't too far behind. Um, the only one that looked defensively competent actually was Trent Alexander-Arnold, despite Gary Neville saying that Trent was defending badly for managing to successfully spring an offside trap and things like that. Um, the commentary was just so spurs favoured. A lot of people have been talking about Jota shouldn't have been on the pitch for his challenge on Ollie Skip, which actually I think was a yellow, not a red card. But more importantly, Skip shouldn't have been on the pitch after 20 minutes for stamping on Diaz's ankle. So it's absolutely nonsensical. And Paul Tierney put in a game where he gave pretty much every big decision to Spurs. Yet again, Paul Klopp came out after the game and said, Paul Tierney has something against Liverpool. He shouldn't referee any of our games. How long have I been saying it for? He is awful. Um, but yeah, Liverpool as a team. This is, the thing, this is the thing. This is Liverpool being Liverpool when everyone's out to get us and there's a conspiracy. No, Referees no. are just bad. Referees are just bad. It's not that he can't referee you. Manchester born and bred. Manchester United fans. And like he was five years old. It's all a make And every time he has Liverpool, he got fucked us over every single time. How long have I been saying it, Paul Tierney? And I don't do this the referees don't the, the referee the referees aren't appointed to games where they um have like so if he's a Man United fan, he wouldn't be given Liverpool games. So that can't be true. I mean the pictures of him in the United shirt. They have to declare that so they could do a thing at the start of every season. So they have to, it's where they were born and what clubs they what what club they support. And they're not given games based on that. Okay. And that includes games where they could influence. So say like it's a Man United fan, for example, and City are in the title race um, and another game in the title race. They wouldn't be given that game because that could have an influence on the title race. You know my opinion on this. Paul Tierney. I know, but this is this is this is. I'm I'm sorry, but this is just classic Liverpool fans. This is not, they sorry. always think that there's some greater conspiracy there, that everyone's out to get how them. Times, it's not. How many times on this podcast have I said Paul Tierney favors every team other than Liverpool when he? Yeah, I know, and it's not true. Well, it's it just a conspiracy. Every time, it's Liverpool every fans time. think everything is out against every, them, and everything's. Every, it's just a conspiracy. Referee, uh, we're going back and forth. Every other referee in the league, I'm absolutely fine with. Uh, it's Paul Tierney every time. And you can quote me in saying that as well, when like another ref like I'm not happy with, every other ref is generally pretty good. Paul Tierney is not. So Yeah, he's bad. I'm not, I'm not, I, I will not 
argue the point that he he could, if you want to say he's a bad ref, that's fine. But for him to say that he's out to get Liverpool he's is wrong. Consistently making big calls against him in every game he has, big calls wrongly against him in every game he has. Right, but you just said that people were saying like so people on the other side of the debate will be saying that Jota should have been sent off did he send him off no so he could have done that would have been always oh, out to get us we'll agree to disagree here otherwise we're going to argue about this for the whole podcast. bloody Liverpool fans they are the worst actually no Chelsea fans Chelsea are worse, fans but... are the worst and I mean I I would have Spurs fans as worse than Liverpool fans naturally uh looking at it from fuck Chelsea agreed we can all agree to hate Chelsea the most um on an FPL wise, uh, lots of people moved to bring Diogo Jota in, seeing him not start and seeing Luis Diaz starting. If you had Jota, you'd be moving him out, all right? I probably would be. Yeah, I think that would be the sensible decision. Um, obviously, it paid off in the end because he did come on and score, so you got away with it. The question is now with the re- return of Diaz sort of back towards full fitness, I guess now, what does Klopp do between now and the end of the season with that front three? Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Like I'm, I've got a transfer that I want to make this week, and like I want, I'm thinking about bringing Bowen out. And can I bring a Liverpool player into there? But it's a risk. Yeah, looking at the fixtures as well. Brentford at home next. So okay, Brentford aren't as good away, but it's still Brentford. Leicester away, they're going to be fighting for their lives. Villa at home have been playing well. Then Southampton away, I guess, last game of the season. But I, I, I just feel like your games are so open. Mm. And so for, for like attackers, there's going to be chances. Um, like you scored four in this. Um, who, was your, who was your game before that you scored? Is it three in your last game? Um, yes, it was. Oh, no, sorry, two West Ham. And then before that, it was 3-2 against Forest. So, and then before that, it was 6-1 against Leeds. So there are goals at the moment. So I just feel like it's probably worth looking at. And I could bring Diaz in or I could bring Gakpo in. And they both feel like pretty good options at the moment. Yeah, what's nice about Gakpo is that I think he's got that place in the centre. I don't think anyone else is there because Darwin isn't going to be starting based on comments from Klopp um, from now until the end of the season. And when he does, he tends to go on the left. So I think that's Gakpo's slot to move, to lose in the middle. So I think he's probably where I'd be going. Mo Salah, penalty aside, didn't really do a lot. He was staying quite wide. Uh, yeah, and disappointingly for me, he only got one shot on target, which let me down for 100 quid, or wanker. <laughs> but again, like he's still consistently just chipping in with little returns at the moment. Um, he's not exactly having big hauls, but uh, it feels like, especially going into his last few weeks, he's probably the one to have uh, in terms of that big premium midfielder. Yeah, you've got to say so. A word on Spurs because you go Harry Kane and that's it, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's the only one you can even think about going for at the moment. Um, a very nicely taken volley, it must be said. Mm. Um, he finished it well, um, despite being given more space than he's ever been given in a penalty area before. Um, you've still got to finish him, but yeah, you just can't go anywhere else with that side at the moment. It's an absolute shambles. Harry Kane's going to break the Premier League all time goal scorer record by just getting consolation goals and Spurs losses. 
Well, yeah, until he leaves in the summer. Oh, yeah, he's definitely leaving in the summer. Is he on the last year of his contract after, or the last two years of his contract, I think? Uh, I will find out, but I think he's got at least another year. Um, I think it might just be the one more year. It, let's have a quick check. So it ends at the 2023-24 campaign. So, yeah, Spurs have to sell him this year. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you think you've got to get rid of him because at the end of the day... Um, they can't afford to let him go for nothing in a year's time. Yeah, which he definitely will do. He's been desperate to get out of there for about three or four years now. Even though, yeah, they could so still. I mean, you'd still be looking at like a ridiculous amount of money, even with just a year left on his contract. So, you might as well cash in now. And like, like I said last week, I think it was Spurs feels like it just needs a big rebuild from the bottom up. Yeah, I mean, the goalkeeper. You, we've spoken enough about Hugo Lloris um, defensively. Dyer and Romero were horrendous, uh, really just shambolic defending. Um, and it's been a really torrid week for them. But I think Harry Kane continues to put the goals in. Where else do you want to go? Is it worth... I thought Fulham played well against City. I thought they were couldn't consider themselves a little unlucky there. Um, they're on the beach, but if you look at the next three games, Leicester, Southampton, Crystal Palace... Yeah, it's a funny one with them because I feel like without Mitrovic, it, you just don't know where to go with them. Um, none of them inspire me. It feels like they're going to be bit players here and there, picking up a few points. No, There's no one consistent person that's going to get the returns. Willian didn't play this week because I think he picked up a knock in training, so I don't know what's happening with him. Vinicius, it doesn't inspire me. He's like a poor man's Mitrovic because he just gets cards all the time. Well, Mitrovic is actually back for the Southampton game in game week 36. That's when his eight game suspension... Ready, is to, ready, to, ready to get sent off again. I, I think I may do it. If, you, if he gets sent off, I will laugh so much. Well, my thinking at the moment is I'll roll the transfer this week to have a think on Newcastle, but then I'll probably move a midfielder or a defender spot to Newcastle for their double and then go Antonio to Mitrovic. That sounds really fun for the the last three weeks of the season because then it's Southampton away, Crystal Palace at home, and then Manu away, but he'll be on my bench from last week anyway. So that sounds like a really fun way to go. That's it. Yeah, because you never know what you're going to get with Mitrovic. He could get a 15-pointer in either of those games. So, I... Yeah, but or he could just get sent off in the first 20 minutes for elbowing someone. Exactly. Chaos. We can embrace the chaos. Um, Chelsea. No, nope. oh, next. Chelsea. <laughs> the next games are Bournemouth away and Forest at home. Then it's a double. That double is City and Man U, so you probably don't want to bother there. But the Bournemouth at home, Bournemouth away for us at home? No, I just like what do you want? What else could I add to that? They're rubbish. There's no one I would ever consider bringing in from Chelsea right now, like yeah. even more so than usual. Part of my wild card, um, I was looking at players like Chilwell, and I was thinking, you know what? I do not want to be part of this Graham Potter Chelsea side. And now Frank Lampard's come over. That hasn't changed. Reese James is out for the remainder of the season. 
yeah, there's just no one that you're going near as a. In the last five games, they have the joint worst record in the league alongside Southampton and Leeds. Excellent. They would legitimately be in a relegation zone if you did it from when Graham Potter took over. So I think that says all you need to know about Chelsea. Um, they've just splashed loads of money on average talent and they're not going anywhere with it. Yeah, it is just awful, but it is also hilarious to watch as we've, <laughs> as we've made clear our feelings about Chelsea fans. Yeah, we, we know that very, very well. Um, brilliant. Well, we do have the second half of this double game week yet to go. So loads and loads of games. Uh, so Leicester Everton tonight, Arsenal Chelsea tomorrow, Liverpool Fulham, City West Ham and Brighton Manchester United. Anyone else that you think in these last few weeks people should be looking at from an FPL perspective? Just in general, you want to be looking at teams with things to play for. So basically your teams, I would argue, from sort of Brentford, between Brentford and Wolves. Um, so Brentford, Fulham, Palace, Chelsea, Bournemouth and Wolves all basically have nothing to play for, really. Um, so probably look to avoid their assets where possible. They might be at risk of rotation and you might see managers trying new things just to try things out uh, as they head down the final stretch of the season. Um, so, and potentially target them when it comes to it. Be careful with your transfers because you don't want to be stuck with a player that's got nothing to play for in two or three weeks' time. You want to be looking at your cities, your arsenals, potentially, although they're bottling everything. Newcastle, Man U, Liverpool, um, and then even like your little hidden gems at, at the bottom sides that can pick you up points if they've got good fixtures because there's a lot of teams down there still to play each other. Um, mm. But then it's just hard trying to convince yourself that it's worth investing in Alex Awobi. What I will also say as well is this is probably the last week I would advocate anyone taking a minus four. Um, so part of the reason to take transfer hits is that they'll not only pay off short-term, but pay off long-term as well. With only four game weeks left to go, the reality is you're putting a lot of stock in the short-term payoff. The longer-term payoff isn't going to be there. So for me, minus fours, it's probably okay this week, but beyond that, I wouldn't be advising it for anyone. Yeah, so you say you think you're holding your transfer this week. Is that your current, what you're thinking? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Then I can get Mitrovic and a Newcastle player in next week. Don't know who that Newcastle player will be. Maybe a midfielder like a Joel Linton. Maybe a defender like Botman. And then Antonio can go to Mitro for a bit of fun. Is that fun? Is it really fun? I am going to find it fun because I'll be the only fucker who owns Mitrovic. You won't be. There'll be other idiots like you. <laughs> there'll be people that just have dead teams that have been um, yeah that's true as well it would be very Mitrovic to come back get 15 points and then do nothing for the rest of the season yeah that does sound pretty accurate to be fair um, I'm thinking yeah I'm thinking for myself I might also hold the transfer for this week um, and then next week potentially drop Bowen and Ferguson to bring in Wilson and another midfielder because um, I quite like the idea of going double Newcastle attack. Um, it feels a bit fun. It does feel fun. Yeah, I don't think 
Jared Bowen should be. And you're, oh, I don't know. The last two games for West Ham and Leeds at home and Leicester away. That's a tasty couple of games. The only thing with West Ham as well is we do have that Europe Conference League semi-final. So two legs there um, to consider as well. Um, and if we have secured safety, um, probably the earliest we're going to get that win is Leeds, where I think we really need a win. Uh, one more win should see us safe. Um, so if it's that Leeds game where we get that win, potentially, you never know, we could beat United. It's the sort of thing that we would do. Um, I would I would expect a lot of rotation and resting players for, for the semi-finals. Yeah, I would as well, especially because the Conference League is the main thing you have to play for. Exactly. Um, I mean, if we win that, it's Europa League next season. So that would be huge. Anything to say on Manchester City? Um, with the Champions League semis coming up against Real Madrid, you would probably expect Mares to be playing in the Champions League because that's what Pep does. He plays Mares in the Champions League. Um, but I, I just wouldn't recommend anyone buying into Jack Grealish right now because he's too inconsistent. That said, their fixtures are wonderful, so you do want to be in on the attack. I just don't know where you'd go other than Haaland's. No, and with um, De Bruyne having a knock at the moment um, and Alvarez slotting into that role quite well, um, not that I think you can really advocate for bringing in Alvarez either because his minutes are just so limited. Um, he might get a bit more with the, the Champions League semi-finals coming up, say Hartland bags a couple, um, and then you could easily see him playing a couple of 60-minute games uh, around those Champions League semi-finals, but... Yeah, it's so hard to know who it's worth investing in other than Haaland. Yeah, um, I think for me it's a wait and see because I've got Jack Grealish. I'm not going to be selling him with Leeds, Everton, a double coming up. But then game week 38, I'll probably have moved him on. Um, maybe no, I won't have moved him on before the double, let's be honest. Um, but if I was buying in, maybe you'd go Mares, but it feels very risky and it feels... I, I don't think I could ever advocate for buying weird Mares on FBL. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure this is what you said last week, that you just don't want to play this game. Uh, cool. And I completely agree with you for cool. once. Um, I guess, man, you were a team to look at as well. Fernandez. as soon as I move him out. <laughs> I thought oh, this earlier as well, yeah. I see it. I mean, it was always going to happen, so I'm fine with it. At least Rashford got the assist and Dallow got all three bonus points. Um so, but United's fixtures, West Ham away, Wolves at home, double, and then Fulham at home. They're very good fixtures for Man U as well. Probably want to be travelled up on them. So you're looking at Rashford, you're looking at a defender. And then is there anywhere else you'd be looking at going for the running? Valve Cost. Okay. Tilted, sold, done. Valve Cost, it is. Um, uh, no, I've said this uh, before, and Sancho? I'll say it again. I quite like Jaden Sancho, but it's hard to know what they're going to do with their minutes between now and the end of the season. I'd like to think he gets a bit of a run in the side. Uh, he's looked better in the last few weeks. Uh, and it would be good to see him get back to the Sancho that was at Dortmund. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's the option. I think Anthony is probably not an option. There's no guarantee he'll be starting at the moment, considering how poor he's been. So I think Jalen Sancho is the worthy to go. Awesome. How are you lining up this week or for game week 35? So... Uh... I haven't actually finalised my 11 yet, but I think it's going to be something like stealing goal, a back three of Trippier, Akanji and Dunk, Salah, Martinelli, Grealish and Rashford, 
with Isaac, Haaland and Ferguson up front. That leaves me a bench of Everson, Zinchenko, me and Bowen. You've still got Zinchenko? Yeah, I just didn't. Where I had, to, I was going to move him out on one of my transfers, but then I had to get Ake out with him not playing, so it changed there. Yeah, understandable. So I'm looking at uh, lining up with Neto and goal because Chelsea. <laughs> um, Neto is doing me good. He's doing me good. I'm happy with how he's been performing. Um, then back four of Stones, Estupinian, Trent, and Dello. Uh, four in the middle, Matoma, Rashford, Grealish and Salah. And then up front, Isak and Haaland with the armband. Haaland against Leeds could be <laughs> an absolute monster fest, couldn't it? Feels like an absolute brutalising waiting to happen. Especially it's the team he supports as well, isn't it, Leeds? It's yeah. where, he, um, where his dad was playing um, yeah. when he was younger. So imagine if Haaland... Like, actually played for England, how good that would have been. Because he was born here, he was eligible. Southgate would not play him. Southgate would uh, basically single him out and not pick him in any squads because that's what he does with his most talented players. So, yeah, wouldn't make a difference. God, you're boring. (laughs) Get a new tune, mate. um, But that is how we're learning up for next week. Otherwise, we are looking forward to the rest of this game week. I can't wait to see how it does. Where? How many points do you think I'll get? How many points do you think I'll get? Because I'm on 71 at the moment, taking the transfer. I'd like to end at about 125, 130 would be ideal for me, I think. Or that would be Yeah, good. I'd like to think like you've got to be looking at a minimum of 120. Mm. Um, like I'd be very happy if I got up to 100, I reckon. Um like if I can clear a hundred after the minus twelve, I'd be I'd, I'd have had a good week. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, if you're looking at twelve players to play, say you average, I don't know, four per player, like on a good day, yeah, especially right. when one of them's your captain as well to play again. So yeah, I think you could be looking at sort of another fifty points. Currently at about two hundred eighty or two hundred eighty-six k in the world. Um, so if I can get up to the top 250, probably a bit higher than that, ideally. But let's see how this evening goes as well. It'd be nice if Everson does keep a clean sheet um, because the non- lots of people use their bench boost in around 29 kind of time. So I feel like anything I'm getting from my bench is a massive, massive advantage at the moment. So really, really looking forward to seeing what else happens and all to play for. You can find us on Twitter, guys, at big at the back. Yep, you can find me at Higgins92. Tom is at TomMadden92. Um, enjoy another long weekend coming up as well um, with loads of football to watch, plus everything in midweek. It really is going to be um, a great sort of week coming up. Um, and hopefully we get some more points. But I'm not convinced. <laughs> Nor am I. Cool. We'll end up that then. Thanks so much, guys. We'll...